Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack. It belongs to you, and we're just holding on to it. And who are we? We are your hosts for this wonderful program. Uh, I am Jamie Williams. Some people call me... The Vet. He's a Rip Rogers guy. The Vet. Rogers guy. The vets and with me as always my tag team partner Brandon. Well, I'm tagging in right now. Brandon, what is going on? Not much, man. Just another day talking about that sweet sweet impact. Oh yeah, that's just uh, unbelievable. I feel like uh, you know, like uh, so privileged and and blessed and other things that people like to say uh, to be able to talk to you about Impact Wrestling. And, uh, could think of anybody else I'd rather do it with, and that's probably because no one else would agree. But that's fine. That's fine. This tag team's not gonna break up. You're not gonna turn around and then I'm gonna forearm you in the back. That's like a, like a typical wrestling breakup. We're just going to keep doing this for the foreseeable future. Um, but, you know, that's the V and the B. Uh, but we've also got a C. Uh, and uh, they are here and they're jumping. Uh, so who do we have uh, in the chat waiting for us to start talking about this show? Let's see. Tonight we got hanging with MV Hitman, Lizbeth, Labrat, Steve Eggert, Javi Uchida. Like quit Chris Winland was in here about four o'clock. He might roll back in, but how y'all doing tonight? Whoop whoop. Oh, and I see a retro rocket review jumping retro in. Retro rocket review, whoop. Let's jump in it. So so Chris Winland had a question to to start us off, and I guess that's as good a, a place as any to start. Uh, he says, my question for tonight is, do you guys see Impact signing any big-ish players in the near future? Uh, who would you like to see, if anyone? So, basically, a two-part question. Um, do I see them, do we see them signing any big-ish players? He says, I assume he adds the ish because they can only get so much or... or Obviously, we know. I briefly, you know, we discussed this a tiny bit on the Monday locker room today. Ben Hameen and I, and and I just brought up the point that, you know, no matter how much money a company has, they never want to spend it. They always, you know, part with their money very begrudgingly, right? So whether it's Anthem or whether it's Sinclair or any of these parent companies that that uh, own a wrestling brand, um, they only want to spend so much, usually, it seems. Uh, so, um, so you're only going to get... And, and you're only going to be able to pay, even though you could pay whatever you want, uh, you're only going to be able to pay so much. So they've been able to bring in some impressive names, you know, over the years, um, even dating back to, you know, TNA and everything like that. They, you know, at one point they even got 
uh, even though it was a different a different parent company then but they were you know tna had brought in such names as hulk hogan you know to uh to to uh tna wrestling and then you also had like kurt angle was supposed to be a big signing and you know they they've made their efforts over the years but ultimately in the fans eyes and minds it always feels like other companies just take wwe cast-offs right that's like isn't that like the stigma this is like oh whoever whoever couldn't and and then the fans say things like oh they couldn't cut it in the wwe so they went there or there's there's all kinds of like degrading comments and 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 a perception gets skewed when things like that happen like like anybody wouldn't sign a talented person that was available you know they make it seem like oh you only took the wwe's leftovers like that that gets thrown at the company or the the wrestlers get called you know like not good enough or 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 less than even though everybody's kind of basically doing the same stuff out there so so i don't know um do i see them doing it i see them trying to do what they can just like every company does uh as for who would i like to see personally well i'm you know i'll, I'll let brandon answer the first part of the question too like what does he see for for that uh and what do you think about the the idea that did did you ever fall into that that uh mindset even temporarily of kind of looking down on them bring somebody a, 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 a you know bring somebody aboard that perhaps you know you were like oh well this is just this is just pathetic or something like you know you know that that what the fans think uh did you ever think like that at any point in time no it's no. just no they're looking for work and it's and that's why it's important to have alternative places to work so you can have a place to work if you end up not working out at the wwe because sometimes that place isn't the best fit for everybody. So it's best to have options. I don't understand why it's difficult for people to grasp. I don't either, but you, if you ever looked at any supposed wrestling fans comments on the internet or any, you know, anywhere else, like you'll see a lot of that. You'll see a lot of weird, weird takes on that, that kind of thing. Um, I don't, wrestling fans are some of the most entitled, spoiled fan bases I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like the the hardcore fan base, and they're very very. The other thing that's annoying is they're very matter of fact on things that they really don't know about at all. Like they are extremely confident in being wrong, which is a trend I notice <laughs> not just in, not just on the internet, but a, a lot in society lately where people, I'm sure this happens to everybody, um, multiple times a day where someone will come up and just be so confidently wrong. People are so wrong when they tell you something. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about like, I don't agree with your opinion. I'm talking about, they're telling you a fact and their fact is wrong and they're so confident in it that it makes you question things you know for a fact you're like wait a minute did, is is it you know like and then and then you look you you look it up later and you're like of course i was right why did i you know but they're just so sure you know and I, <laughs> so wrestling fans are the they're the you know 
they all need a championship belt for being the most confidently wrong about things in terms of their attitude, at least the internet ones. Um, but you know, probably the, you know, the real world ones too, but, um, but yeah, so uh, what do you see? What, like, what do you see impact doing as far as, do you think that they're just right now, do you think they're just getting what they can or do you think they're really getting what they want? That's kind of a good question. I think it's kind of more of what they can because obviously there's who who wouldn't want to, you know, pick some of the talent that's in AEW or in WWE, but obviously they're not going to get them because they can't offer what AEW and WWE can offer them. That's right. Well, one good thing is uh there's at least been a working relationship between a lot of the companies and impact impact has worked with people from they're currently working with new japan they've got a relationship with new japan and there's another multiverse of madness show coming up to to speculate on that uh, or not speculate um to to prove that uh and then there's there's um you know, AEW and Impact have done stuff in the past. You know, Kenny Omega being the Impact champion. You know, to they didn't really capitalize on the visibility. It didn't help Impact. It didn't seem like it helped them a hell of a lot. Uh, or it didn't seem like AEW was interested in helping them as much as they could or whatever the case. But well, here, um, here, here's something else that uh, why didn't AEW get, or not? I'm not AEW. Impact guys show up on Dynamite and jump, uh, jump the elite. I mean, it could easily happen, but it won't because. Well, I meant like thing. during that whole thing with when Omega was the Impact Champion. Yeah, it just never nobody. It was like he took the belt and that was it. It was like, all right, we're gone now. Nobody seemed too interested in getting it back. Yeah, he's basically saying like he walked in, and took their belt, and left until Christian Cage beat him for it or went over for him over him for it, and then he dropped it to Alexander. Yeah. So that was weird. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I, I, like, think well, it, I think they did more, actually did more damage the impact than helped it. Yeah, it could have. Uh, you would think that you wanted to, you would want to make a guy, but they still use Christian as a middle you know, like, like an, in, uh, an interim champion for that. It's like, what did Kenny not want to drop it to Josh? Like, they're all nice Canadian boys. They didn't want to work something out. Is that, I, I, I don't know. I don't understand that whole thing, but the fact is that they had a working relationship. So if AEW has got guys and they've got too many guys, and they've they've got so many guys that they have they really do need a, a whole Ring of Honor brand. And even when you look at Ring of Honor, they're still bringing people. I'm um, just you know that would definitely make Conan's who list. Um. So yeah, they got plenty of talent that they could just you know hey if you need to work some extra some extra dates you know go do an impact taping and you know. It, whatever the case but it's always uh it's always an option um 
but signing their own guys like having moose for this you know this new long-term deal and stuff like that's it kind of looks like they're gonna take guys that are loyal to the company and do things more like that they're gonna re-sign more guys like that now who should they sign now who who do we want to see sign who is a free agent that's out there that would be a good signing for impact i'm not sure um who jay uso <laughs> there you go should be very easy right jay uso um yeah, that would uh that would be a good signing. Uh the brother of the husband of uh <laughs> of Trinity, uh, but not the actual husband. That would be a good that would be a good an interesting signing. <laughs> yes. And it would certainly throw a monkey wrench in the plans of uh the WWE and all their main event stuff, but um, I think dude, just like uh, Brian Pillman did. Oh, or we could do <laughs> speaking of Brian Pillman. We've got a, they had a, they could have had a chance to sign Brian Pillman jr. Uh, he went to the WWE instead, Ooh. supposedly, supposedly, um, Simon Diamond says, Simon wants a contract, says Retro Rocket Review. And uh, Simon Diamond, I think, is is he still with NWA? He might be over there. Um, but I don't think he'll be in the ring ever again. Um, so, I don't know. There, there's, there's, I don't really know who's all available, like who's actually available for them to sign. So... The only thing I can say um, in terms of like looking at future talent, there's a kid. Uh, he's in New Japan now. Uh, he's in the Young Lion program still. Um, but anybody's got th this. This guy is going to have a job in professional wrestling anywhere he wants and as long as he wants. You can mark my words now. Um, his name is Oscar Loibe. He's like a six. It looks like he's anywhere between six, six and six, eight. It's hard to tell sometimes, uh, built, uh, coordinated, um, actually, uh, mechanically great in the ring already. Um, he can sell, uh, his offense looks good. Um, he's he's gonna be he he's kind of like everybody's dream when they see like a huge guy like i think hikaleo is another guy one of um one of haku's sons uh that's like really tall you know that that guy's yeah, he seems he, to have a big future he's, and he's, he's been, been an impact yeah. with the bullet club and stuff like that um but this is a this guy's even better this 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 kid oscar's even better He's German. He'll uh, he he speaks at least two languages. You know, he may learn Japanese by the time is is this all said and done. Um, I could see him. He's got good fire too, like on his comebacks and everything. Uh, so he he, I'm if you watch him, you'll see 
but uh that that is a kid who's gonna be he should be like i said it's all up to him uh he could decide he doesn't want want to wrestle anymore even though he looks like he's there to be a wrestler you know it doesn't look like he's just some guy that was told he should be a wrestler he seems like he's a fan he wants to do it um and he can work like he works like he works like a six foot guy like he moves like a six foot guy he's incredibly fast I haven't seen a big man like this ever, ever, never, not nobody, not the undertaker, not none of these. No, I've never seen a guy this good, this young, um, that gets it, uh, as a wrestler, you know, most there's, you've seen all these like seven footers and stuff. And there's always like a sense of awkwardness or just lumbering, like just general slowness or whatever and that's fine um but here's somebody that can do it all so i would anybody should be looking at this guy right now if they're not uh and when they find out about him i i i'm sure everybody would have their eyes uh with dollar signs on them uh looking at him but other than that um I really don't know like who's all available and uh and what you know what would be a good fit for impact seems like they just get whoever they can have you had anybody that's sort of on the independence that you thought or seen maybe clips of and been like you know oh man this is gonna be a the next you know i could do something with this guy uh nah unfortunately nope. no everybody's a bum all right got it well we got somebody well, to be fair, i haven't been watching that much so i can't really no that's true that's true i'm just kidding um we do have charles alfred in the house charles the hammer evans uh one of my good friends from ovw back in my time there and you know of course he was a uh, WWE contracted wrestler and another waste of talent that, you know, he should have been much Charles. Charles should have been much bigger. They should, you should have seen Charles. He should have been on TV this whole time, but that's just a failing of the company. Like so many other people that, uh, they had, there was so many potential. There was a lot of potential that I saw around that time in the, sort of like the mid to mid to late 2000s you know 05 06 07 08 you know those years i saw a lot of people come through that i personally you know cross paths with worked with and and i was like yes the 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 future's in future's in good hands you know like i'm i'm seeing these guys and like they, these guys are going to make a lot of money for the wwe one day and hardly any of those people got got any any chance even the people that briefly like whether it's charles getting signed and going to fcw or you know serena deeb or any of these people there's there's so many other ones um that you know andrew vane was another guy that was a friend of mine and got signed and completely wasted he should have been huge um just so many people that that i thought could fill these roles um to carry on with the next generation of talent and there was just a lot of guys that 
um, where I would constantly feel like there was the most amount in the business. There was the most amount of like, you know, it was still all the backstabbing, pettiness, political, cutthroat, like all this, all that stuff was as, as high and concentrated as it's ever been. And the talent level that we saw was as low as it's ever been. Like, you know, it, it, to put it in perspective, it's like if Shawn Michaels is cutting people's throats, at least that's Shawn Michaels, right? You know, when fucking guys like, God, I don't even, who, you wouldn't even know these names if I said them because they were nobodies, but they were still trying to cut people's throats. You know what I mean? It's just like, you're not even good. You're not even good. And you're still, but, but you've got the, you've got the bitterness down. You've got the, 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 you've got the backstabbing down. You've got all the politicking down. You're just the most boring wrestler that no one would ever want to see. And that's why you guys wouldn't know some of these names that are popping into my head just because Charles would probably know them all, but you know, it, it, it was, it was bad. So all these people. The, the, the hardly anybody was memorable from that time the two people that came out of that that were like on wwe television at that time that could have done something were mvp and mr kennedy and those two guys you saw how they did not nearly reach the potential that they could have based on you know their their talent um I remember Kennedy in 2010 TNA when he like the way he commanded the crowd and had it in the palm of his hand, like nobody had it at that point. Nobody. Well, and they didn't have it in, they didn't have it in 07 when he was getting going in the WWE either. It, but it, he, he was a victim of the political, you know, the, I'm going to keep my thumb on you. The, you know, the, Oh, you hurt me, you know, like, <laughs> Yeah, Randy Orton, you know, he got he got Randy Orton. Um so and MVP was only going to get so far, you know, like they they didn't see that I I don't know what they saw that gimmick as it but eventually it kind of got stripped of all the things that that made it cool like a lot of gimmicks did. I know um you know recently I've been talking with about uh like I was sort of remembering Alberto Del Rio because I was asked about him and talking about how he came in with all this stuff too. Um, and one by one, they took those things away, you know? Like he has his own personal ring announcer. He comes out in a Rolls Royce. He's got a, a pyro shower. He's got like the like all this stuff. And one by one, they're just like, yeah, you don't need that eh, or that or that. No ring announcer, no car, no pyro. He'd start walking out and he'd be like, man, give me that towel. You don't need a towel around your neck. Give me that towel. You just, just go out there. Just go out there in your trunks. You know, it's like you, you take these things that make you who you are and help get you over and, you know, give you a presence. And then, you know, they don't, they don't want you to get over to a certain point. The WWE doesn't, the people there. So it's very bizarre, but it's true. And it doesn't make sense to fans. And unless you've seen it firsthand, you wouldn't believe it. You think that that's other wrestlers making excuses or 
people making or other fans making excuses for wrestlers but you've seen it mvp was one of those remember mvp had that whole like the 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 inflatable tunnel thing you know that he would come out yep i used to call it the bounce house you know like <laughs> the mvp bouncy house uh like, and it was, it was was it supposed to resemble like the entrance tunnel for the nfl players yeah mm-hmm that was it and he gets to come through it and there's you know the smoke and the lights and everything and it was cool you know and at the wrestlemania i was at i remember watching them they had the special entrance for him where uh they had like all these cheerleaders run down and like uh, line both sides of the entrance ramp you know with the pom-poms and everything and so during the day i was watching them like you know practice blocking that out so i saw they would play the music and then the cheerleaders would run out and then take their places and then they'd stop the music and then they'd go back up and then they'd play the music again and do it again like they'd run through it several times so it was just kind of funny um you know they have to time out those entrances and make sure everything goes well so that's the side that the fans don't usually get to see but um but yeah and th- but eventually you know it was just like i don't know what happened but the neither of those guys for whatever reasons and some of which known some of which not uh did not reach their full potential and so it was a dark time for wrestling like that was up until now or a couple years ago it was like the worst time you know in in wrestling history as far as like watching the television product and being entertained by it it was just very bland and boring but now it's even more like it's it's a little bit bland and a little bit boring but now it's also more nonsensical so it's kind of it's kind of rough impact attack used to have colin weissong then they took that away too hey (laughs) impact attack didn't take anything away (laughs) okay uh colin's reasons are his own it's like stevie Richards says he wanted you to do good but not too good yeah yeah that's uh that's a perfect example of a guy that you know had to work so hard just to do barely anything you know like like compared to what stevie could have done for them was willing to do for them but just didn't see it so i don't know man uh so it's it's rough but i don't know it's it's amazing that impact is still here they've got a thousandth episode that's coming up on the horizon i've already seen some things on the sheets that say that uh uh devon dudley is gonna make an appearance you know and uh, yeah, reunite they, with bully yeah they uh, actually announced it on this impact or yeah it was, it was like a billboard or something they were some kind of graphic they had already set up for it did they really yep i must have missed that was that during the part where they say all the stuff that's happening like right before the main event i'm not sure where i don't remember where in the show it was on but i do remember seeing a graphic for it on the show huh all right charles says he would like to work with impact easy crowd to educate yeah it seems like it right 
It's like they they they'll get behind something if it's uh you know like if you see the Joe Hendry stuff or or things like that. It's like easy to manipulate, easy to uh, because it's you know you because obviously if you're going to a wrestling if you're going to a wrestling show and it's Impact, you got to be a wrestling fan, right? You can't just be something. <laughs> you're not a you're not you, a casual fan. You're not taking the kids because they made you. That's not the <laughs> that's not the fan base. <laughs> Parents might be at a WWE show with their kids and not like, you know, like, well, my kid wanted to see their favorite, but I don't really care about wrestling. That it probably ain't happening at an impact. It's probably more like the the kids are bringing their parents or, or the, the parents are bringing their kids like like Trinity might okay, be you're gonna learn this. Trinity might be the exception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be, could like, be. I, like I can see the little girls like wanting to wanting to see her. Can you imagine though, like a little girl following Impact and finding all this stuff out that she's there? Because a lot of times, once they're off WTV, they don't exist to fans. You know, adult fans who could easily find them. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe kids are more. Kids are definitely more in tune than they were when we were kids because we didn't have that kind of stuff. But you know like if i if i was watching a show as a child and they moved the channel i didn't know you know i didn't know where to find that show anymore you know i wasn't i i couldn't just google it you know i couldn't just uh look it up um i would just assume the show wasn't on that week or it got canceled or whatever you know so maybe kids today are different but uh but yeah well, so speaking of shows, let's go ahead uh, and I believe we're all on schedule for a punching up impact. Am I right? Indeed we are. All right. So let's go through that part of the show where I try to visualize what you're saying and people accuse me of being asleep. <laughs> All right, so this will be going over the 8-3 edition of Impact Wrestling. We started up with a recap catch-up package. Catch-up catch up. <laughs> intro, intro, Pyro, and Ballyhoo announce table where they go over the card for the night and give their thoughts on recent developments. We get our in-ring with Trinity. It goes like it does on the show with Deanna coming out, followed by the Coven and breaking out into a fight, and then Santino coming out. Except when Santino makes a match because Deanna yells for it, she wants it to be a fight, we make it a street fight. Go to commercial. Then we come back with the match. Come back from commercial. Match is in progress. It's a lot shorter than it was on the show. And it ends when the coven throws something in Deanna's eyes while she has a chair. She swings and hits Trinity with it. Coven over with wild pinning Trinity. Is it a deck of cards? Is that what they throw? No, oh. now some it would probably something within their gimmick, but not powder because we've seen that, but something that fits their gimmick, something blinder. Okay, that way it gives a little bit more ambiguity and somewhere to actually go with the whole accidental hit thing because it's like, oh, was did she actually not see it or did she or is she using that as an excuse? Okay, powdered cards maybe. <laughs> Powdered donuts. Powdered donuts. <laughs> they do that little. 
and then the donut powder gets all yeah. cemetery dust incense crossroads dirt all great uh all great <laughs> suggestions from liz we'll go to her for the we'll, we'll go to her for the uh obvious ammunition for the witches um all right so whatever it is continue and then you go to the pre-tape with the Rascals and Scott and more. That's the same one that we see on the show, but they do it in a different location where the M- M- MSDS sheets are not right in the camera shot. <laughs> okay. And then you go to a pre-tape with Edwards and Alicia that's also not in the same hallway with the MSDS sheets, just at a different angle. Yeah, can you Rascals move out of the way, please? We'd also like to shoot a promo here. <laughs> And then we go to match two, Alan Angels versus Heath. And we change the finish with Alan Angels going over dirty. And then we hype an Eric Young interview after the break. And we go to our second commercial break, come back, going backstage with Eric Young and Gia, where we get the same interview that we get on the show. And then match number three, Jake something versus Davey Vega. Vega's already in the ring. Jake something music and entrance and match goes just like it does on the show. Then we go to our backstage segment with Moose, Rush, Bully, and Myers. The replay footage from the previous week, and we get the same segment that we got on the show with hype for the Digital Media Championship for after the break. Go into our third commercial break, come back with the Digital Media Championship. And the match goes just like it did on the show because I actually like where they're going with it this week. Okay. Then we get our flashback of Bailey versus Evans when we have the same backstage segment that we did with Bailey and Gresham and Gia because that's actually some pretty decent development with those two. And then we go to a video package of Alexander and the Time Machine promo. It's the same one that we saw on the show except that they mention a surprise for Moose, Rush, Bully, and Myers for later on that night. And then we have the announcers hype the Eric Young video for after the break come back from commercial and then we have the eric young vignette that we saw except that will actually fill in the plot holes that we discussed last week like we'll actually at least do our best to explain and get those covered okay and then we go to a pre-tape with the death dolls that's the same one that we saw on the show and then we go to a new pre-tape or a new live feed of the locker room where Moose, Bully, Rush, and Myers talk about the surprise that was mentioned and that they'll take it out later in the show. Match number five, Rascals versus Bailey and Gresham. Shorter version of the match that we got on the show with Gresham showing more frustration that he did. And then we hype the surprise for after the break. Commercial break five, New Japan hype video. Go to the announce desk where they hype next week's show. In-ring, Moose, Rush, Bully, Myers, and they all come out to Moose's music. Moose mm-hmm. starts to cut in a promo where he talks about all of their individual accomplishments and how they'll all sink to any low to get what they want. And then he once again wants confirmation from Rush that he's part of the team. Rush confirms he's part of the team and makes sure to emphasize team. Mm-hmm. Rush cuts promos on all three members of Time Machine since he's pretty much made it, uh, or the way it's being set up is he's got matches lined up with all three of them because... Saving for the rematch, Kushida for the because he's the number one contender, and of course Leo want, made it clear he wants to exercise option C. So that's all three of those guys covered. And then Bully cuts a promo on all the sadistic and violent things that he's done. Lights out, lights on. PCO in the ring with a sledgehammer chases everyone out of the ring, and PCO grabs a mic, 
makes it clear that anyone who's aligned with bully is his targets. So now we have a new story or new overarching story going into the match at emergence. Hmm. So he'll get on the mic and he'll make it clear, even though it would probably sound something like, ah, but somehow we'll, we'll know. Will we have subtitles for like, just telling us anyone who's aligned with, who's aligned with bullies a target? <laughs> I mean, he'd be probably call out each of their names and then mention like bully. Okay, well, well, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Or And by we, I mean you, because <laughs> next week we'll have another Punching Up Impact because, <laughs> to punch up this uh, this sorry excuse for a show. Um, let's see. Uh, before we get started, I forgot about Lab Rat's question. He said something. He said, what? Do I think of QT winning a title? I'm against it. All right, moving on. Um, just wanted to address that. Not a QT fan. Not a fan of QT Marshall on television or in the wrestling business or anything else. We could all do with a little less QT Marshall. Okay, so. This is impact from what I guess August 10th, right? If that's if the previous one was from August 3rd, then this must be from the 10th. It's a little quick math. That um, is correct. Um, so we have a tourney match, uh, in the number one tag team contenders tournament, which is uh, ABC versus Swanahan. So not only are you know is this is this a a good candidate for the hashtag turn off the lights uh to make a comeback on this episode but the lights are this one i haven't seen because they're on the audience this time they've got the entire audience bathed in a red light like they're all in a killer kelly match or something uh which was weird what did you think about that yeah that was kind of awkward like why and you probably would notice it uh like I mean, sitting there i mean i can understand why like in the last days of wcw they had the lights the way they did because they didn't want you to see the empty seats i mean yeah, yeah. But, like, uh, this is this is weird like that's that was, this is awkward Liz says it was like the Fiend red light matches. Yes, which was terrible. Like nobody wanted to ever be a part of that. And having been in one, I can tell you that I agree. It's it's not cool. Uh but anyway, they're doing it. Um, so you know, some they're trying out. Uh, I must have said something that got them upset because they're turning the lights up to a ridiculous degree, putting it on the audience now. All right, so anyway, in the match, you know, it starts out being a normal tag team match, but eventually, for some reason, the good hands uh, interfere. Um, Hodge pulls Swan off, and they're, like, fighting up the uh, ramp, and then John Schuyler ends up taking out Ace, and then Sammy takes advantage, 
according to the commentators, taking advantage. But even though he didn't know, they're saying he didn't see it, but he's taking advantage, I guess. So a little strange phrasing there, unless I'm mistaken. No, the, uh, the way it was at least done in the ring, like the dude hit something while Sammy was down. And then Sammy mm -hmm. gets up and gets up and he just sees a staggering. So he thinks, okay, hit something. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just the phrasing of taking advantage implies yeah. that you knew it. So, I, you know, that's, I'm not really even griping about that. I'm just noting it for the people that didn't watch that. It was an odd, it, it was an odd commentary note, but, uh, it was still, you know, the point is they're trying to protect the bullet club, but still, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if using the good hands to run in and hit a move on anybody is protecting them at all. If you're touching the good hands, you're not in a good spot. Let's put it that way. So, um, anyway, uh, and no, you know, uh, no disrespect to those guys other than just the minimal amount of disrespect. Uh, but just, you know, come on, <laughs> you know, they're working hard, you know, guys get your money and everything like that. But, um, yeah. So what did you think of this, uh, opening match? Are you surprised that of these two teams that it was Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan that move on? Uh, not quite. So it looked like I thought they were heading towards Bullet Club and uh, Rascals, but then the good hands getting thrown in there has kind of made that look was confusing. So I would have thought the Rascals would have ran in. Oh, wait, no, because they're they not allowed. Yep. Okay, so what if it ended up being the Rascals paid them off to do it? Or did yeah, I mean, some, or, it, it would have to be. It would have to be, right? It's the only thing you could do. But nonetheless, uh, I, I feel, I, need, I guess the good hands want the smoke. <laughs> yes. Or maybe they can get new suits and hang out with Bobby Lashley too. Um, what if, uh, cause it, it was, it's just the idea of, well, impact will have people go on these runs. And then it's like, it's like you only went on this run so that you could be a quality win for everybody else. Like, is that what it is? Like, you know, ABC was defending their tag team championships against the invincible Motor City machine guns. And now they're kind of just losing to Callahan and Swan, which don't really have anything going on on the show other than um, the fact that they're just, you know, re reigniting their friendship or whatever, but that's not a focal point of anything. Uh, I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. We'll have to just see how the tournament plays out, but they really don't. Um, they certainly don't make this feel like, you know, like, like that the, the contenders tournament is that special. And I don't see anything else on this show that's so important that it has to overshadow a tag team tournament. So I feel like they could have put a little more emphasis on that. But it's just so. Uh, so. Um. So yes, 
Santino is visited by the witches, dolls, ultras. Uh, he even gets in on a huddle. Um, what'd you think of this uh, little backstage here? Santino stole the show. <laughs> like he completely like the part with him like walking in the huddle. Like I'm glad they acknowledge that. What wouldn't somebody that's in the vicinity be like? What the fuck's going on here? And mm-hmm. Santino, his character would immediately step in there and act like he's part of the conversation and give them the answer that they need. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. I, I would enjoy it. I mean, Santino knows what he's doing. I mean, obviously, uh, like this but, seems like that he would pretty much set up and produce this segment himself. True. I mean, you can certainly not have like a backstage segment where, you know, you don't ask for Santino's input. <laughs> that would be silly. You got to ask for his input. Um, even though it's silliness, it's like, well, if I have to sit through this, at least Santino will help make it entertaining for me. So that's how I feel about it anyway. Um, Retro asks, why am I so laid back here and quiet, yet every time I co-host somebody else's Hameen Media show, he is louder and shouting over them. I don't recall shouting over everybody unless, you know, they deserve it. Um, But uh, maybe it's just because I'm defeated. I have to talk about Impact Wrestling. That's enough to suck the soul out of anybody. I mean, I don't know. What do you want me to say? Um, like the super nice, un- nice question. It's like the super unknown. First, it steals your mind, and then it steals your soul. Pretty much. Well, I like to hold on to my mind a little bit, but um, yeah, this is a this is a show that like it, I don't. I look forward to. I look forward to doing a show. I look forward to doing this show. Like as far as having this conversation, you know, tag teaming, you know, that part of it. But the impact part gives me nothing to be excited about. Like I'm, I'm actually disappointed, you know, that, that all these people showed up for work and this is what we got. Like from a from a fan standpoint, I guess, or like an analyst standpoint, I look at these things, I watch these matches, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this? It's my job and Brandon's job to make some entertaining content out of what we're given. We're just doing commentary on other people's hard work. So I appreciate that they're all working hard and everything. And I don't know who exactly to assign the blame to for any specific thing. Um, all I can tell you is sometimes working hard isn't enough. Uh, it's just not good. So if I have to come on here and talk about it, it's very defeating because it's like, what, what am I supposed to say? If, if this was me doing a show with nobody else to bounce off of it, just this show would be done in 10 minutes. 
because I have nothing to say about any of these people's matches hardly. So, you know, that that's that's basically it. That probably has a lot to do with it. Um, is it the the fact that I take a nap right before I do this show and wake up and just do it? Maybe, but that's not always the case uh, in terms of like my energy levels or whatever. Um, I'm also calm, a little bit calmer because I realize I don't have to yell into the mic. The mic's right here. So usually when I'm end up yelling, it's because I get hot about something or because I'm trying to be entertaining on purpose. Cause that's the whole idea of what we do. So that's just a little sidebar for retro rocket. If that is your real name, which it isn't and everyone else who might wonder. Um, Charles says impact will eventually turn around. It's up to the talent. <laughs> no, it isn't <laughs> on both counts. Charles, we've been waiting for how many years for impact to turn around and they got, they've, they've had the talent to do it. It's who's telling the talent what to do. That's the problem. But, um, speaking of which, and this ties into what I was just saying. Uh, Boopender Gujar comes out. He's got his little insert promo in the window, right? And he's got a match against, you know, Dirty Dango with Alpha Bravo. So what did I just say about guys that went on a run and then they're just used to, you know, okay, now they're a quality win for somebody else. So you had Gujar go on a roll there for a while where he was like an up and coming talent. He was beating guys. Then the profile of the guys he was beating was getting a little bit higher and he's getting some good wins and all this other stuff. And it seems like they want to do something with him. And here, even in a loss, like, it's not like you can't lose to, you know, Dango, but is that the guy that you want to put over like you want to put dango over on like the serious athlete the guy with size a look a winning streak you know the the high profile matches not super high profile but you know higher profile than just second match on a random impact for the comedy character you know like this is the wrong booking because yeah um it's just a short little match and Dango death drop for the win. And it's like, okay, and now we're doing a post-match, so get the fuck out of here, Bupinder Gujar. Did you see that? Yep. All right, so now we've got the, you know... Uh, like double burial. Yep, you got, you got the ABC, go on a run, then, you know, now the good hands lay their hands on you and you know, that's, that's like a curse, right? It's all downhill from here. And then you got Gujar who looked like he had a little something going and, you know, maybe he didn't shake somebody's hand. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? You're going to lose to the comedy character. You know, again, nothing against Dango. It's all about the, it's all about the presentation and what we're getting. You could add Dango beat somebody else for this spot. It didn't, Gujar had nothing to do with it. It didn't, him losing doesn't put him on the track to something it doesn't set up something you know you do have to um have something for a guy if you're but this is just a job 
it's a fucking job right here. It's not a loss, it's a job. And if you don't know the difference, then, you know, you should be able to glean it from the context that I'm giving you. Or um, you could have you could have pulled like some random, you know, per somebody from the Indies and have and before the match have Dango cut a promo about saying like, look, kid, I'm going to tell you the truth about this business. Mhm. Mm right. Something. Anything. But no, nah, it's just like oh, you know, the the lead up to this match was oh, he's an asshole. So, it's like, all right. Now we're having a match and now you're just losing. It's I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like it, but anyway, um they the post match Dango gets on there and says his catchphrase slightly modified he says even when i win i hate professional wrestling um and then he's uh he's uh interrupted by jake something uh who beats everybody up so it was really about getting jake something over so the the, the local talent that uh dango should have gone over on you know you could have done the same exact thing with jake something coming out so did the um i forget did bravo have anything to do with the finish i yes he got on the apron and did uh shine the flashlight in uh Gooder's eyes oh okay well at least they did that right all right so what do you think something versus uh something versus dango this is this is where we were headed uh i'm not seeing it i'm really not seeing it with that okay just confirm all right next we get a diener and con promo with music underneath and of course it's in red light but i'm not going to ding them for that because it's always how the design does it I don't care. Uh, but I think Khan said something about he's going to go get Jake something or no, who was it? Eric. Who were they fighting? Eric, Eric Young? Young. Yeah. Well, and, at, and at least during his promo, he uh, not, not Khan's, but Diener's, he at least covered the fact that they failed at everything they did. And he tried, and like any delusional cult leader, he puts the blame on everybody but himself. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, swinger with Gia, no music underneath, uh, interrupted by the digital media champion and Sheldon Jeans. Um, swinger doesn't know what the internet is. <laughs> I, I don't have any, I, don't, I have no commentary on this, so. I saw some that's some of the worst writing I've uh, seen when they uh, insulted Alex Shelley by calling him Alex Smelly. Yeah, that's All not right. that's like preschool. That's that's younger than preschool. Scott Woodford in the house. <laughs> uh, be careful with his comments; they've been known to shut down streams. Uh, Due to sexiness. Uh, so um, then we get uh, Lish versus uh, Jody Threat. This was uh, 
set up last week. You know, they have their match. I'm sure it was uh, very hard to watch. Not that I did. Um, you know what? what no, I, that's not true. I watched it. It was like what what I noticed was like was this was this like a, a a rouge match? Like they both had like very very like prominently red cheeks. Yeah, they did. I don't know what's up with that, but they went a little bit crazy with the uh you know. Well, as uh, Marge Simpson's mother would say, ladies pinch, whores use rouge. But um but yeah, so anyway, they have their match, and then uh, Fat Eddie tries to interfere, or he does interfere, and Frankie comes down and is like, how dare you interfere, and, and attacks Fat Eddie, and then uh, Jody Threat hits her finish and wins, and then uh, Frankie's going to, you know, he grabs Kenny, not Kenny King, Kenny the Kendo Stick, and he's going to, uh, he's going to uh, attack eddie and then in the backswing with kenny he hits uh alicia and knocks her out and the phoniest shit i've ever seen first of all um <laughs> if you could hit somebody hard enough in your backswing uh to knock them out with a kendo stick you have to be the strongest man alive um secondly uh who cares because this is a promotion that doesn't even really it doesn't blink at intergender matches like they just have matches between men and women all the time it doesn't when you do stuff like that when you treat everybody like they're on equal footing you cannot do the oh you hit a girl spot especially if she's a wrestler in a match that's just now happening like she was just in the match. So it's not like an innocent audience member or whatever, like where you could say, oh, this person isn't even trained to. No, no, this is Alicia Edwards. So, to, to lightly get tapped with a kendo stick. If Frankie's acting like he just, you know, some kid got hit in the street by a car or something, it's like, who fucking cares? I didn't like you anyway. Good. That's what the reaction should have been. Instead, he's doing the, oh my God, I can't believe it. I didn't mean it. Bullshit. What are we doing here, Brandon? What are we doing? <sighs> who, who knows where they're trying to go with this? But yeah, that's what shook me. Is I just like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, that backswing looked, you know, it didn't look like it should have knocked her out. And we've seen, and like you said, we've seen plenty of intergender stuff. That should not have been a big deal and sold like it was. I will give them credit, though. They at least gave it time to sink in and breathe and sell for a bit before they sent security out. Yes, that's that's always good. It's always good when you get security in the right place for your dumb angle. <laughs> Not your top angle. As Jimmy T's in the house. What's up, Jimmy T? Uh, gotta love Jimmy T. Um, so, uh, yeah, as Lab Rat says, socks out. I was definitely... This morning, I didn't need to go anywhere, but I was still, well, I was doing laundry, so I, I could have been folding my socks. Like, I have my socks, uh, I let my socks drip dry. I don't put them in the dryer. But anyway, um, but yeah, so, so this was stupid. 
and uh, I don't care. And they're still doing this. They're still dragging this out. It should have been finished. I'm pretty sure that Eddie won the Killer Kowalski's Love on a Pole match from heaven or whatever. There's no reason to continue this, but uh, here we are continuing it. And how? What are you gonna like? What are you gonna do now? Like, what is what is accidentally hitting Eddie's wife? What? What then? Where do you go with it? What is? I don't know. Anyway, um, so uh, Diana cuts a promo. She's in the lights. They're violet. If you're interested, violet lights. Uh, and she challenges Kylan King for next week. Pretty straightforward. Just a wrestling promo. Good job, Deanna, I guess. That's fine. We love Deanna. Uh, next is Bailey versus Kushida. All right. So Speedball versus the, uh, the guy that's out of time. Um, you know, these guys are a pretty good match, I guess. You know, we've seen what they do and they did it. Uh, and uh kushida hits the uh power package for i don't know what else you would call that he might have a name for it that's based on back to the future or something but it basically it's like it's almost like a power slam that turns into a small package so that's how that's how they that's how he does it and he wins and he hugs his uh big big goofy x hugs it tightly um so i guess you could I guess you could put, um, I guess you could put speedball in that category of guys that went on a run and then they just used to do a thing here. Now, at least this person is Kushida and at least he's got a potential title match coming up. Um, but this was just a clean win for Kushida. So it, I don't know. It was, uh, maybe there was something else they could have done but it was i guess it's fine but it's but it is odd like it's more noticeable because of the other stuff that i noticed of how you had guys that were going on these runs you know so now mike bailey's just another oh we need a win so put him over mike bailey i don't know is there a lot of non-handshaking going on around here or what <laughs> don't I don't really not. get it Although with this match, they lost me in a couple of spots. Like there's a period where Kushida's working over Bailey's leg, like maybe mm-hmm. a minute or two, and then immediately he's back on his feet, bouncing off the ring, bouncing around the ring, bouncing off the ropes, flip flying everywhere. Like okay, and then he goes, and then he's, he's work, and then his his arm works the entire match, and then he counters an arm submission into an arm bar, and uses his arm for other stuff, and it's like, I'm threw all that out the window. Yeah, Mike Bailey's not good at selling or wrestling logic. If he's, he's very the- good at kicking guys and hurting, like doing painful looking offense to guys. He's really good at that. And he's a good athlete. But I don't think he really is good at the the selling part. You know? If you, if you put him there with the right guy, I think he is like his stuff with Kenny King. Is, I thought his matches with Kenny King were pretty decent. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys, it, it seems like, uh, hey, dude, if I had to have matches with guys these days, I would just never work the leg. Because, like, wh- they're not going to sell it, so why should I work it? It'll look like I'm weak. So I would always pick a different. 
I would probably attack the, uh, you know, the stomach or the back or something like that, because you're not going to need that. If you attack a limb, like you said, uh, they're just going to end up using it and, and undoing all the work that you did. Um, if they're not creative enough to just find a way around the match where they can, you know, lose a, lose a limb and still continue the match and sell it properly. So to avoid that, I just hit the torso because, you know, you're not going to, you, you still have to do all of your moves with a, with a torso, regardless of if it's hurt or not. So it doesn't matter if you, you're, you sell it, it's not going to limit your mobility. Um, even though it could, like you could sell a back injury, like you can't get up, uh, but they're not going to do that. So, you know, just, uh, just one of those detailed things, but Mike Bailey doesn't really get it uh in terms of that so for all the other good things good qualities that he has that part of it he's still learning it so he'll get it one one of these days hopefully yeah hopefully before he gets in the hospital <laughs> so um Buckshot Kid says, Vet, just attack yourself. Teach people how to sell. I don't know. I'm selling this whole show. It's basically what it is. Um, so. Yeah. Next is... Oh, this is weird. So Tom sits down with uh, Uncrazy Steve. I mean, he looks like Crazy Steve. And he sounds like Crazy Steve, but is he Crazy Steve? I don't know. He seems normal. Um, he also feels abandoned. Uh, he's legally blind. Um, and we're going to pick this up at a later date, apparently. So, um, there you go. Uh, what'd you think of this sort of like more... A more candid Steve, not so much crazy Steve. I don't know. It seems like they might be trying to go for uh, at least the vibe they're trying to be capturing is back. Remember when they did the Mick Foley sit down interviews? They were kind of a shoot that basically Foley took his own personal history and injected it into the mankind character. Yeah. Well, this ain't that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> this I'm just, sure as shit ain't no. that. I'm just trying to say what the, maybe what their thought process is or what they're going for. I think their thought process is uh, we did this with Frankie recently. You know, we should just do it again with another guy that we don't know what to do with. <laughs> like, what you know? It, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with it. I don't know what they're thinking. But this whole like trying to engender sympathy from the audience to make a baby face kind of thing. I really don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want to, uh, personally. Now, maybe I'm just not the target audience. I'm clearly I'm not. But even if I wasn't, you know, if I was just a normal civilian, if I, if I saw something like, you know, oh, this guy's weak. I like him. 
You know, like I, I'm not saying that people aren't weak, but I don't want to turn on my entertainment to be shown somebody that's weak. And I think that other people are doing that as a way to be like, you know, to, to gain fans like, oh, if I have these disabilities, I'm an inspiration to somebody that's blind or whatever. I think that's fine to do in a certain in a certain aspect, if you can let people know that about you, um, or those type of things about you, but it should be separate from the TV show, the TV character, you know, I, I, I don't really like, I, I just don't really like selling yourself as, you know, like, a a, a charity case, uh, because most people, um, that that that's that's only going to get you short-term sympathy and then what so you so you tell me you tell me that you're legally blind and then you and then what you're gonna have a wrestling match so now everybody should be able to easily beat you in my mind <laughs> like what if you tell me that if you tell me you're handicapped and then you, if your if your job is to have a a fight, a pro fight, and you beat anybody, you immediately lower that person's stock, in my mind. You completely throw out the suspension of disbelief, and all this other stuff. So, highlighting your handicaps in a professional wrestling business, I don't think is the most effective way to go about it. If you want to go on your busted open radios or any other kayfabe breaking podcasts or any of the homie media group podcasts and you want to tell your story and talk about shit like that that's one thing but you got to separate this church and state here in my opinion what do you think about this it really depends if it's on the right talent and um the character and the gimmick for crazy steve not really the right guy but like you said with the whole blind thing if you're legally blind, how are you winning matches? How are like any like everybody should be able to beat you easily if you can't see? Mm-hmm. Not unless you're like Matt Murdock or something like that. Yeah, which you're not. And uh, and it's not like Crazy Steve has been like you know it's not like he's been on a, one of these runs we're talking about. Not really at any point. He was always just that kind of side character. I feel like, but still. You know, you, you're anytime you put somebody out there for competition or what does that look like that a company like impact is like, oh, this guy's blind. Well, put him in a match. <laughs> like what the fuck? What are you talking about? So yeah, this doesn't work for me, brother. Um, but, uh, this is just how things are now. Like people like to talk about their disabilities on, on, on camera as part of the show not in like personal interviews or other things. My feeling is this, cause I'm going to come off sounding like an asshole, like I normally do. But what my point is, is in terms of when you're watching a show, whatever your favorite television show is, what's a popular television show right now? I don't even know. I don't watch TV, but take any of those shows that's on TV right now. And if one of your characters on the show starts working in a gimmick that the real actor has that doesn't fit the character they play on the show, 
then you would be like, well, just because so-and-so is this doesn't mean, you know, that this character is this. Right. Like just because Nick, uh, what was it? Uh, Nick Offerman happens to be a fan of woodworking, loves woodworking, fit the Ron Swanson character perfectly. Right. He's really a fan of woodworking? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. See, that's fine. Because, yes, Ron Swanson would do that. But uh, if it was Tom from uh, Parks and Rec, then <laughs> maybe he wouldn't be a woodworker, I don't think. Even if, uh, you know, um, oh God, what's his name? Unless you, unless it was like done in the story or an angle where he's embarrassed to have that hobby and doesn't want to show anybody. And they do a thing where he ends, ends up getting outed. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's, but basically all I'm saying is if people become a fan of you for the character you play or whatever, and they try to learn more about you and they find out about your shoot life and they find out that you have disabilities, then, then they will respect you more. But just going on TV and cutting promos about your disabilities, I don't think does anybody any favors. And it's just something that we see a lot now. Uh, and, uh, um, but I don't want to make it seem like I'm insensitive to people's, uh, you know, like their their real lives, their personal issues, the things that they struggle with. I'm very proud of all the people. I'm proud of Steve for everything he's accomplished in spite of his handicap or anything like that. I'm, I'm not, you know, that's not what I'm trying to say. Um, but it's just a matter of good content. Um, and the business that we're trying to conduct here. So on that note, um, we get footage from some promotion called attack pro wrestling. Uh, I feel like that's my business. <laughs> um, yeah. Of subculture defeating some guys. I didn't quite catch the name. I, I couldn't rewind. I couldn't be bothered to rewind it to listen to what their name was. I just moved on. And then they do their, um, subculture does their promo uh in black and white with music underneath so uh there you go subculture i'll give you subculture this their production values for their promos top notch they're not even in color we've had color on television since the 50s <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i don't know Still not over with me. Um, so someone says his name and Joe Hendry appears. Uh, again, another very shoehorned in way to do it, but whatever. And this lady clearly went tanning with full goggles on. Like full swim goggles instead of just like the little covers. But, um, but yeah, so he appears and then someone says someone else's name again and Yuya appears and... Uh, and Yuya says, you know, he only says champion for everything, for every answer. And then he says champions, and that gets Joe Hendry thinking that maybe, maybe, maybe tag team champions. There's a tournament going on to determine number one contenders. Uh, are these guys part of it? I do not believe so, no. Oh, so they'll just skip the line whenever 
Yep. Whenever they feel like, you know. It's got to be the best. Says subculture. Retro says subculture has a chick that looks like she is from NXT. Well, yeah, Danny Luna was in NXT UK, I'm pretty sure. So there you go. Um, yeah, so, you know, more Hendry and Yuya. Uh, I guess this is fine for both of them right now, but... Um, It's kind of similar to like the last, kind of similar to the last angle they did with Hendry when he was in Impact, where it's kind of like, it, you're you're kind of expecting him to turn to turn on the turn on the partner, turn on the friend, and he doesn't, and ends up actually going the other way. Yeah, we don't need a Joe Hendry turn right now. We just need something good for him to do. Okay. Well, in that angle, That's... they te well in the last angle they did they tease him turning heel. And abandoning his friend cut for the for the girl that, or for his friend's girlfriend, and mm -hmm. but then it turned out that he ended up ditching her to stay with his friend. Like, wait a minute, you manipulated him to get to me. You're a horrible person. I'm staying with my buddy. Yeah, yeah. Even though, I will say that in the introductory vignettes for this most recent run. Uh, <laughs> He there was definitely some intimations made that were not necessarily babyface-ish with some of the 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 no-name NPCs that were in these vignettes, if you guys remember how this all started. And Brandon's laughing because he doesn't remember. But, yeah. He Who definitely wasn't... Who's the father? Say his name! <laughs> right. Yeah, so he's not above it. But, uh, you know. He seems to be all right now. Um, Although I think what those videos are supposed to imply is that, like, if you're if like you're in a bad situation or a bad time, you just gotta say his name and he'll show up and make you feel better, no matter how bad it is. I think so, but it I didn't quite. So, but who knows? But yeah, it didn't, it, didn't quite come off that way at first. Um, definitely, but, open, uh, definitely open-ended enough to where if they wanted to go back to that, they can sure so the main event is moose myers and bully versus taurus laredo and samurai del sol which i think is Callisto, but anyway or is it because uh apparently um they uh leo laid him out backstage and he's not going to be able to compete so you know in a non-typical wrestling fashion, they're like, fuck it, it's a handicap match. <laughs> no, like, surprise mystery help partner or anything like that. It's just, nah, fuck you guys. <laughs> I guess that's what, you know, that's the treatment that you get when you're, you know, from another wrestling company from another country. Just And screw any of the fans who paid to see him wrestling that, that night. Yeah. You guys will have to wait till later in the taping to see him. And then I was thinking, what, uh, like, was he going to do like the, you know, the, the valiant run down the, run down the ramp and come in for a hot tag spot? You know, like I was wondering if that was going to happen. Spoiler alert, it didn't. Uh, it was just, you know. And then during the match, throughout the match, they had, um, they took the the good guys 
of the of the emergence match that's coming up and just had them like in an insert promo or like the little promo window that they would put for the insert promos and they just show the four guys just standing there like watching the monitor you know um let me tell you something guys Kushido's still wearing the x around his neck of course he's wearing the x necklace this if you want me to believe that this is real which you clearly don't especially by the end of this match or any of the other stuff that's gone on on this show or like the 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 Kenny knockout or any of the other stuff. I know you're not down for realism, but just so everybody knows that's watching at home, if you have four wrestlers watching a monitor, they are not just going to be standing up in the middle of an empty room. They are going to pull up a chair. So you could have at least got the guys some chairs to sit down on, right? Like, come on, make it real guys. Ain't nobody standing up watching that shit. Kidding me. What do you think that whole gimmick about it? You didn't give up your chair is even about people like to sit down in chairs. Wrestling veterans like to sit in chairs. It's their favorite thing. So, especially if, you know, a rookie's already sitting in it, that's when they want to sit in a chair the most. So anyway, uh, yeah. So the match is going on. Then the lights go out then lightning strikes um and uh pco appears in the ring uh he cleans house and uh laredo tries to take advantage of this which he did see it happen unlike uh unlike sammy callahan from earlier um and uh you know he 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 almost wins uh but uh you know they do a spot where Myers kicks out of whatever he does and then they like bounce back and forth. He they ping pong him back and forth between him and Moose. And then he hits the, uh, Myers hits the roster cut and beats poor Laredo kid again. Um and then uh Bully runs down the stairs cuz PCO has chased him out of there and uh he carjacks a guy out outside. Crime on tape. Yep, we got another filmed crime. And it's an actual yeah. somebody who would actually press charges. Yeah, this is just some guy who just happened to stop at the wrong place the wrong time. It, Bully Chicago, Jackson. Chicago, dude. He should be more careful than that. That's right. Well, Bully should be more careful. Like, that guy could have shot him. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, you don't just reach into a guy's car in Chicago. Are you kidding me? So... uh well, this is this is not really Chicago. This is like down the street from Chicago, you know. Um, but uh, this is this is in Cicero. This is like they just want to call themselves Chicago, but still probably dangerous, you know. There's not that much real estate to make it less dangerous, so I wouldn't advise it on either side. But anyway, film crime, and then uh, PCO screams after him in the street as he drives off in his new car. Cruising down the street in my sixth foe. All right. Well, um, <laughs> fuck. What do I, I'm not saying nothing. There's, there's nothing. Say it all. There's nothing to say. Can't wait for punching up impacts. Yeah. Yeah. This is the worst. Um, 
I've got no recommendations for anybody to go back and watch any of this. Sorry. Mm. Maybe anything with Santino, that's about it. Yeah, that's like a a 15-second clip that you can find. 15 seconds worth it. Society Reviews is here. Welcome, Society Reviews. We're wrapping up. Is Eddie Edwards still fat? Yes. When is he not fat? He's never not going to be fat. If you combine him and his wife, you might get a normal-sized person. Fusion? Um, ha! <laughs> um, yeah, and he also says CM Punk coming to MLW, last bridge to burn. <sighs> now nah, he ain't coming to MLW. CM Punk's my favorite wrestler. You know why? Because I get to hear cult of personality at least once a week. So he's over with me. And all of his enemies are the worst things to ever happen to pro wrestling. So. He's over with me. And he's also a dick. <laughs> so he's over with me. Ends up going to New Japan, is he? It's a good fit. They love promos over there in English. Um Yeah, as uh as Buckshot Kid says, it's time for plugs. Hair plugs? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Hair plugs, hair plugs, hair plugs. <laughs> you know, why didn't people like The Cable Guy when it came out? It was clearly one of the best movies ever. Jim and Jim Carrey knocked it out of the park with his acting. Uh, yes, he did. Um, Matthew Broderick was terrible as always, but they found a way to make it used, like like they used it in that movie to their advantage. Did I talk about Asuka bearing Joshi? No. I didn't. Uh, well, what she's saying is... I mean, some of this is not common knowledge, but it's kind of the same way. What she's talking about is the same same a version of things that go on here. Like in terms of, uh, you know, women are marketed... Um, with sex appeal and if you're not into that you don't get as good a push as everybody else does so that's not a uniquely japanese thing that's a entertainment business thing so uh there you go but whatever oscar says she's right she would know i stand with oscar see a punk and oscar are my favorite wrestlers Society doesn't like the cable guy. So you're one of those motherfuckers from back in 95, huh? Oh, yeah. Good movie. Well, it's it definitely has aged well because, um, you know, maybe back then people were enjoying comedies too much and they were spoiled and they didn't know how good they had it and then try to find something funny like that now. I don't know. Um, but yeah, ahead of its time. And, uh, we're ahead of our time here. We're coming under the hour and a half, um, hour and a half mark. Uh, so we'll hit our plugs and get out. Um, so 
before we uh, ask for Amber's plugs, one last thing. Retro says, tell us again about meeting Mickey James about the good old days. It was nice. She crossed the room to shake my hand. She said, she introduced herself with a sultry, uh, you know, look on her face. And I was like, I better not um, do anything untoward here. It's my first day. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, Brandon, where can the people find you? As always, you can find me on Twitter at TransArchistia, or X now, as it's, as the kids call it. I am also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash MissTiaTheTransArchist, and well, as well as Substack at HMGBrandon. That's right, where you're going to have some work to do to come Fix up with a new mess. ending for this fucking bullshit. As for me, you can find me every... Uh, well, in addition to every Monday night here at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, you can also find me every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, like clockwork, for the Next Level Wrestling Review, where I will also be disappointed by wrestling. Um, but it's just a different kind. It's This is the difference between shitty shitty shows or movies on the independent film channel versus shitty shows or movies on the disney channel that's basically the two differences that we we definitely got an ifc classic last week to end the show with you know eric young's uh meditations on what what butch's um post post uh gun shop uh chopper ride must have been like uh from pulp fiction but um you know nxt sucks just as bad in a different childish cartoon way um and uh those are the concrete places that you can find me speaking of concrete uh you know every friday uh at uh noon eastern um you can find wrestling with rip rogers with a live q a unless they're not there or they're at a different time or you know or they're just not doing the show at all uh if it's not for that it's a concrete time baby uh so check them out um i may not be always on the show but i seem to always be mentioned on the show so if you like hearing people mention me uh, i'm sure they'll do it once or twice and of course stevie richards wrestling analysis channel blowing up still let's check the view count let's check the view count live we're doing this live people as of this recording it is now 24.7 thousand so that's up another 2000 from last week when we checked it live uh so he just put up a video what does it feel like to get speared by goldberg uh spoiler alert i think it hurts um but uh, I never was tackled by Goldberg, but um, I did have, I, I did get speared by former uh, XFL player uh, Rich Young, who you may know as uh, Ricky Ortiz or Atlas Ortiz or any of those other names that he went by that wasn't his name of Rich Young. And uh, yeah, didn't feel great. Um, but uh, I don't think there is a way to feel great taking a spear. Not if it's going to look good. So, But you can see Stevie talk all about that. And of course, his Patreon has completely different content. 
um, including an analysis of the finish of the Rey Mysterio versus Austin Theory match from SmackDown this past Friday, which is interesting. So check out Stevie Richards and everything else he's doing. And um, yeah, I think uh, that's pretty much cover it. So add opinion ever for all your favorite, you know, on all your favorite social media channels. You can find me there. Um, so that being said, uh, we'll wrap it up here, um, for Brandon, I'm the vet and I don't have a sign offline.